Welcome to Playback by Playlister, the bi-weekly podcast where you can stay current on technology and leadership ideas that impact you. Here's today's host and Playlister CEO, Grant Glass. All right. Hello, everybody. We've got Ron Tivis with us today on the podcast. Ron is the director and pastor of operations at Cross Timbers Community Church. Uh, it is in Argyle, Texas. And I'm excited to have Ron on the show today. Ron, thanks for joining. And tell us a little bit more about Cross Timbers, Ron. Yeah. Well, first off, thank, thanks for having me. It's, it's certainly a privilege to, to be with you today. Um, Cross Timbers is a, is a multi-site church. Um, here in the North Texas area, we have currently uh, three campuses. Um, they're not that far apart. Um, they're in, as you said, our, our main campus is here in Argyle, Texas. And we have another campus up in the middle of two universities um, in Denton, Texas. And then we have what we call a mobile campus. It's a setup and teardown situation, in, which is um, in Corinth, Texas. That's our Lake Cities campus. So, um, that's, a, that's a little bit of a different environment for us over the last two years to, to move into more of a, a set-up, tear-down kind of capacity. But it's, it's working for us right now. It's a smaller environment for sure, but it's, it's absolutely working for us and it's serving that community well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it, a lot of guests on the podcast, I'm seeing similar trends to that where they've got one campus that is a, either in a high school gymnasium, elementary school gymnasium, and it's you know set up and tear down. And it, it, it sounds like once you get into a groove of it, after maybe a year or so, the setup teardown becomes second nature where it's really, really quick. Uh, and the team is very efficient. And you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things where, honestly, we've, we've tapped into this, this core group of, of, of people who who love this place and call this place home and um, are willing and willing to serve. And we, we don't typically pay to have set up and tear down done. That's just all done by our faithful serve team. So that's pretty amazing to watch week in and week out that, that you'll have people that'll show up in a, again, again, it's a, it's a school gymnasium, just as you said, and, and they're, they're there to set up and, and, and get everything ready for those that would, um, call that place home on, on Sunday and, and to welcome guests into that environment. And it's, it's actually, from my perspective, and I've gotten the opportunity to travel all three of our campuses. I've been an associate pastor at, at our Denton campus as well as our Argyle campus and prior to the role that I'm in today. And to go and experience the worship in that smaller environment and the more intimate kind of environment, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great experience for sure. It does not feel like you're sitting in a gymnasium at all. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I agree. I've been to um, uh, I've been to gymnasiums where you kind of have that, you know, air quotes church on the go, where it is built from the ground up, and what you're able to do with technology and just uh, equipment these days make it it, it transforms the room. Uh, and I, I think part of that is just usually typically you have volunteers that also help that are very good at what they do. Uh, so it is really, I think, a cool thing what a gymnasium can turn into. I mean, just in California, Sandals, that's how Sandals got started. Um, yeah. I think they're at 20 plus locations. It was in a high school gymnasium. Uh, so 
uh, it's special things. I mean, big things have small beginnings, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, for sure. And it definitely takes the, the, the traditional mindset out about uh, a way of what a, what a church is supposed to be. And mm. those, those who grow up or who have been you know, so indoctrinated into this concept of church and church is a building and, um, instead of church being a destination. Yeah. And so that destination can be really anywhere. Um, whether it be, you know, even from a microsite perspective, whether it be in somebody's living room or whether it be under a tent and a beach or whether it be in a, in a park on a blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, church is about the destination and about the experiences that you have at that destination, not, not this building conceptually, if you will. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. We actually had a pretty interesting debate uh, at family dinner where my grandma uh, she was talking, we were, we were actually having the same conversation about what church really was. Is it, and to her, it was a physical place, right? Where you go and that's uh, a place where you can feel one with God and that's where God lives. Well, there's this other uh, set of people that were around the table that evening and we were talking about, well, we kind of believe that church is a state of mind. Uh, and if you're with like-minded people, uh, and then you are uh, tapping in to God that way, that can be just as powerful. And you can actually name a lot of different examples where it's small groups or church and gymnasiums. It doesn't have to be some grandiose building. Uh, you just need to go where there's other like-minded people where you can have conversations and talk about it. Uh, and, and it was an interesting, uh, I would call it a debate. But I think it's just <laughs> so cool you bring it up right now uh, in our conversations. Now, Ron, you've got a lot of responsibilities at Cross Timbers. Uh, it's three campuses. Uh, you've been there for a while. Tell me a little bit about your background and your personal mission. Yeah, so um, I, am, I am not a, a, a seminary background pastor. Um, I actually come out of the out of the corporate environment many years in, in corporate America with two pretty significant um, organizations one of them you know being a fortune 500 company I, I spent 16 years at a at a company called EDS here in the North Texas area um, was was the brainchild and of, of Ross Perot. Most people are familiar with Ross Perot probably as a presidential candidate outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but it, it was a leading technology company for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, but I, I just, I, and I didn't grow up church. And so um, as I, I grew into my, my adulthood and I married and began having a family, I knew I wanted something much different for, for my family than what I'd expected experience um, in, in my growing up environment. Um, so we began, you know, attending church and it's just kind of the typical thing. But um, God does what God does with us. And, and he began to bend me in ways that I didn't, I didn't think were innate in who I, who I was. And, and ultimately, over time, um, those experiences um, led me to, to great places in, in education and and so I have a degree in, in business management and with a minor in international business. And, and I use that in corporate America. And I have um, a legal background and a finance background and accounting background. And so it's, 
it's odd how God then begins to use that um, in some way in ministry. And that's really how it began. And um, I, we found Cross Timbers as a home, um, as a church home, and I began to serve. And I knew God was calling me into something different. I really never thought that it would be vocational ministry in any form. But again, when we're open to what God would, would, would do with us and, and through us, I stepped out in faith. And with that opportunity came a role at Cross Timbers. And um, so it really just become a personal mission. Honestly, when you talk about a personal mission for me, it, it just, I was going to be open and and step out in faith and whatever that would be for God and, and to allow him to use um, my gifts and my passions um, to, to benefit his kingdom. And that's, I know that sounds pretty cliche and I don't mean that to sound overly spiritual or religious in any form. It's just, that's exactly what it was. I was just literally having a conversation before, before we started today with one of our, with one of our summer interns who's left a corporate environment and, and what God would, she was so amazed at what God would do with, with her gifts and and, and vocation to ministry that if we allow God to feel, if, if we get comfortable with where God, God places us with our gifts, then, then our gifting world certainly opens up to bigger and brighter things. Hmm. So that's probably a little more than what you wanted to know about me, but you got it. No, that's, that's good. I, I've, I've had similar types of conversations with leaders in churches where they have backgrounds and degrees uh, that are juxtaposed uh, at a church. That's uh, a great way to put it, yeah. <laughs> but in essence, their knowledge greatly increases the ability to engage folks at a, a larger scale. Because, it, I, I mean, to me, it's about engagement. And when you're running a large corporation, you've got thousands and thousands of employees, uh, engagement is key. And I don't want to trivialize what, what is done at the church, but there are similar fashions in which you operate a team in the corporate world that can be applied in the faith-based world and work just as well, if not better. Uh, but first, yeah. All right. But I don't know. Yeah, sometimes that's kind of viewed as like taboo. Like we're we're mixing two things that don't go together. Uh, but I, I, you know, I don't be- believe that. And one of the reasons I I, I I I say, hey, listen, I think you can apply what's going on in the corporate world to your church is because it starts with core values. And you could say, hey, well, the the Bible's chock full of core values. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that is true. But I I, I think you don't want to let rest on your laurels and just say, Hey, we're going to pluck out these couple of things. And this is going to be our core value where if you take the business approach and say, Hey, you know, us as a team, like look as a, we're each of us are unique individuals, maybe on the leadership team or across the leaders of all the campuses. You know, if we look at all of our traits, what are those core values? And then well, how do we apply those? So I'm curious at Cross Timbers, uh, talk to me a little bit about your guys' core values. Uh, kind of describe them. What do they look like, and where did they come from? Yeah. It, so yeah, Cross Timbers. You know, we. I think every church believes that they they have this unique calling in the kingdom, um, and which they should, right? That, if you will, makes them um, separate from 
from all the other churches, not that one is any better or any greater than the other, but again, just as you and I, we all have our own specific unique gifts, giftings that if we so choose to, to do so, allow God to use them in whatever capacity. So one of the things that that our lead pastor is, is he began to, he had been in, you know, he'd gone, gone to seminary and, and he had been on staff at other churches, but really just, he felt God calling him so desperately diff- to a different place than what the the traditional denominational church of which nothing against them, but just it, it it just wasn't no longer lining up for him. And one of the things that that, that stood out the most to him is um, there was a place that that didn't exist that was authentic and transparent. You couldn't necessarily be your yourself, your messed up self. Um, and and be a part of a church, and and to especially and to be a part of a church and to be on staff at a church. So authentic became, um, or and is to this day, still one of our core values. That man, we we absolutely believe that um, this is a place where you can come and in your messiness, um, you are loved, you are cared for, um, that you are welcomed here. That. Um, you can be authentic and transparent in your mess um, and and let this place help you get to a, um, a, a better emotional place and help the, let this place help you get to a deeper relationship with, with Christ. But let's do that through authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And the family is also another core value of ours. And I think, Family, by definition, depending on the type of family you come from, I would steer away from. I don't want to be a place where they call it family just because of my my background with my my growing up family dynamic was not great. Mm-hmm. And so from this point, if you will, would not have resonated with me. But when you begin to define what family looks like and family begins, you know, it's defined here in, in relationships that truly matter in your life and to put an a corporate spin on it, you, you give it an acronym and it's RTM, Relationships That Matter. Yeah. And so we believe that, that family is very, very core to who we are. And that, and because we are a big church with, with three campuses, so we're saying we're, you know, we're, uh, we're one church with multiple locations, but it was our goal, regardless of where you showed up, that you felt like you were part of the family. You felt like that, um, I could take this big church and there was a place where I, I really felt like I belonged, like a family. Mm-hmm. So those are two very significant ones. And then we, we are absolutely um, very generous from the perspective of we, we want to love our community. We want to be, um, we want to be generous to the communities of which one, each of our campuses reside. And what could we do? We ask ourselves a question that if we were no longer in that community, would the community miss us? And we wanted the answer to be yes, because the, the church was doing something in the community that was meaningful. We were giving, we were giving back to the community. So those are three of, of definitely of our, 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 our significant core values here at Cross Timbers. Yeah, it does have to resonate with you as you come on staff. They certainly have to resonate with you if you become if you become part of the family here. Those things have to resonate with you. Yeah. Or this place will drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the like family, community, authenticity. Authenticity, I think, is 
that's a loaded one uh, where it's to me, in my opinion, it's a little tough uh, because it's like, okay, how how do you like, what does authentic mean? Uh, And I think to, to me, authenticity comes from a place of being yourself, but how can you be yourself and where does that start at? And I think it starts at trust. So how do you trust someone? Um, How can you be trustworthy, thus be authentic? Because I think there's always this hidden your guards up until you trust somebody. So I'm always trying to figure out a way to, how do you establish trust out of the gate? And uh, I've got, you know, a hypothesis of how you do that. However, I wanted to go back to one of my questions. And I know you guys over at Cross Timbers are big readers. I've had conversations with you and your team about books that you love. Uh, we've talked about many, many books. Uh, C.S. Lewis came up in our conversation, The Screw Tape yeah. Letters. I'm the C.S. Lewis fan here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> C.S. Lewis is one of the best in my books. And <laughs> uh, But tell me a little bit, like the three books that... Uh, that you recommend to folks, maybe some books that exemplify the core values or just books that you have staff members read uh, or catch up on, or you find yourself recommending the most. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I would probably press into more of that, that authentic side of the house. And, and again, when you're right, that's a, that's a tricky, that's a tricky lane to maneuver in, you know, for us, authentic means transparency. So I'm willing to bring the darkness into the light. That's great. Uh, I shouldn't overshare by no means because there's just some stuff you really don't need to know. <laughs> but but somebody, somebody in my life needs to know that. So that's really where authenticity comes into play is that not everybody around you has to know everything about you, but somebody in your life needs to know everything about you. It's, I it's, love that. Yeah, it's from that perspective. So... Um, now, from a, from a leadership perspective, as far as books, I mean, some of the ones that that we were holding pretty tight to us recently, I actually I pulled them out today just so I could reference back to them because I've, I've read them all. But you know, you, you read a lot, and sometimes you forget what you read, where, and who who the author was. So I went I went and pulled them just so I could I could cheat a little bit for this podcast. But um, <laughs> one of the things though that that we did as a staff a number of years ago is we read a book called Boundaries. And it's by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. He's the author. And essentially what Boundaries teaches you in this book is that um, we need to learn to set healthy boundaries in our life and to be authentic about what those boundaries are. And, and for me to accept where I am and where you are. And, and, and sometimes I'm taking stuff from you that really doesn't belong to me. So I need to give it back to you. And that can be offensive to some people, right? Especially in, a, in, in some codependent relationships. Yeah. Where you go, okay, that's that's really your deal, and 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 you're projecting that on me, and you're expecting me to own that. You know what? I'm going to give that back to you because it really does belong to you, and and it's making this impact negatively in my life. And and people take boundaries so often; they take them from the perspective of that person is done with me, or that person thinks they're better than I am, or that person thinks that they can, you know, whatever. It's they take that from a negative. A negative, a negative perspective. Yeah, but we're setting good, healthy boundaries. We're doing what we believe is best for us and what God would have for us. Um, but but recently, and and I don't know how recently because I haven't looked to see um, when when the book was written. And we use this in our leadership development program specifically with our interns because we have an internship program. So 
um, Henry Cloud has more recently wrote a book called Boundaries for Leaders. And it really takes how to take those concepts and apply those in in the business world, in the church world. Um, It's not specifically written from a religious institution perspective or a spiritual perspective, but it certainly applies. And, And how as a leader can I set very specific boundaries for me to lead the way I'm called to lead in the organization of which I'm called to lead and not and not take too much from someone else or try to give too much of me to somebody else, if that, if that makes sense. It does. I love it. There's a, I'm, I'm looking at it, it often. I'm going to read a little excerpt here. Often Christians focus so much on being loved and unselfish that they forget their own limits and limitations. When confronted with their lack of boundaries, they ask, are boundaries selfish? This yes. is so so important because you give so much, you give so much, uh, and if you don't properly set boundaries, man, you could get burnt out. Um, you could potentially hurt other people. You can cross a line. Uh, this seems fundamental for any team member to understand uh, because there are folks like that in your family, on your team, where the boundaries just aren't clear, right? And yeah, if they're not clear, <laughs> you're going to run into some challenges. Yeah, you work for a church and you're a pastor and, you know, pastors are, are you know, they're to pastorally care for people. They're, they're, they're called to lead a, a flock, if you will, regardless of the pastor's title. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're not careful as, as the pastor, you're, you're taking on everyone else's junk. And that's yeah. not what we do in, in mm-hmm. any form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the more we take on, the less we have to give. Yeah. And we're not, we're not the ones to carry the burden. That's, that's not our responsibility. That the burden belongs to the individual to, to, to lay at the foot of the cross. That's, that's Jesus' thing. That's not, that's not my thing. Um, and to understand that and to recognize the fact that I'm not their Savior. Yeah. That they have a Savior and I'm not it. I can point them to the Savior, but I, I'm not... I'm not the one. And to even reconcile that yourself as a pastor is, is sometimes can be very difficult. But setting boundaries can absolutely help you do that. Especially in an environment where, where people feel like pastoring is a, is a, is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 360, you know, 365 days a year, right? But again, if I don't take a moment to, to be filled, I don't, I don't have anything to give. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to riff on this for a minute, Ron. So okay. there's um, boundaries. One of the, uh, I would recommend a book that's been very helpful for me. It's uh, Crucial Conversations. Yeah. It's one, it's in your mind, you can construct boundaries, but then to adequately communicate those to your team, to your family, to other members, that is the hard part. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you need to have the proper playbook and language so you don't offend somebody because there's a miscommunication. So being able to properly communicate the boundaries is key and um, you know, not having read boundaries, but knowing that crucial conversations are typically key to it. Uh, that's where uh, I, I think that that's another great book recommendation. Does now, does Brown just kind of walk you through how to communicate it with other folks once you're setting it up? It does. It does. Um, and, it, and it just, it just gives you a whole new perspective on, on how to, how to lead differently, how to, how to honestly manage the relationships in your life, whether it be professionally or, or, or personally. 
Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. So you've got boundaries. The team uh, on retreats or new hires or interns, is. are there any other books that you recommend that they, they read and prep themselves with to know more about the core values of Cross Timber? Yeah, so, um, you know, you talked about communication being... So obviously communicating boundaries is, is, is definitely... Um, something we need to learn to do and, and the book itself can help you do that. But we, we've spent some time as, as, as staff and as leaders here at Cross Timbers, there's a, there's a book by, by Jeffrey Hyatt and it's called ADCAR and ADCAR is an, is an acronym that stands for awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. And again, it's not necessarily one of those, those books that's specifically bent towards um, a religious institution or a faith-based institution, or even necessarily with a with a Christian mindset, but it's it's really more about how do we how do we effectively implement change management? Well, in in the church world, it's ever changing. Yeah, but, you know, if if you're open to what God would have you do, that can change in a heartbeat. Right, you can, mm-hmm. you can head on this path, and and then he reveals something different. And, and so, when you have a, especially when you have a church leader that um, is is so led by the spirit that this more spirit led than than you know academically minded towards administration and organization that he gets this this creative idea, and you just all of a sudden you've got to you got to. You're in, you find yourself in a place where you're you're changing where we're headed, and because yeah. the spirit is leading him, and we still believe that we're we're gonna we're gonna head that path. And so, um, building in this kind of this process of how to implement successful changes in, in our professional lives, but it also applies to our personal life. And it begins the first thing it begins with is awareness, and how do we then take in the desire and 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 take the desire of our heart, the desire of our emotion, the desire of our mind, and how do we get people to be aware of that? And and then there's this knowledge that comes along with us with it, and then the ability to reinforce that. So that's very critical for us around here too. And we we actually spend some time like thinking about well, what's the ad car? How do how do we begin to communicate? How do we make people aware? You know. What's the next thing that we need to communicate to them? What's the next thing we need to communicate to them? And very succinctly, in some ways, go, okay, so we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. And, and now let's show, just, let's show everyone how we're going to reinforce this. Here's how we're going to move forward with this kind of thing. So it's been very, very beneficial to us. So, Yeah. Well, a key for the 21st century is uh, being comfortable with change and rapid change. You see that in the public sector all the time. And I, you don't want to get, there's maybe a risk of anyone in the faith-based organization thinking they're immune to it uh, because, you know, you're, you're set in a church setting. Therefore, your message is, you know, the oldest message of, of time. Uh, and how could, you know, that possibly be affected by change? But, <laughs> but you're dealing with people, but, but here's the deal. Um, we, we believe in a, in a, in a higher creator, right? We, we believe in, in creation and, in in someone that can, that can create something like, like what 
we have the opportunity to be a part of, that, that in and of itself is creative. Well, creativity mm. sparks change. Um, creativity sparks different thought processes and, 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 and knowledge, and, and, and creativity itself sparks different desires. And so how do you begin to communicate that the, the creativity of, of, of our creator? Yeah. So creativity, uh, just finished Creativity Inc. So if anybody's read it out there, it's Ed Catnall, who is the founder of Pixar. Oh, I'll have to read that. Creativity Inc.? Yeah, Creativity Inc. Uh, it was actually suggested to me by the Ben, ben Godwell, who is the executive pastor of Christ Church of the Valley in Arizona. So he has his entire team read it. And it talks about the process of creativity at Pixar. And he explains it through a bunch of different stories and analogy, which I, I thought was extremely interesting because there's a lot of parallels of that, of what's going on in a Pixar movie to that which you read in the Bible. Uh, yeah. You know, hero with a thousand faces. And creativity in its nature is it's like a tiger in a cage. And it's going to be scary. It's going to be complex. It's going to be hard. You got to anticipate. It's going to take a swipe at you. <laughs> so, yeah. it, like, you get this like rose-colored glasses on. It's like, hey, we're going to be creative, and we're going to, um, you know, this this month's series. This is how we're going to interpret this part of the Bible, and we're going to do these cool things. Um, but you just got to anticipate. Then, when you do that, it's going to actually be hard. That whole process is going to be very, very difficult. So if you don't have, it sounds like a process in place like ADCAR, where your team is prepared for that, then you might fall flat on your face a little bit. So I love that you guys are... frustrated all the time. Yeah. You'll just be forever frustrated. And and you won't survive in that environment if, if, if you don't develop an understanding of where that comes from and, and, and the purpose behind it there's always a why and if the why can be communicated that helps you get people on board because you yeah. can't blindly go okay let's just go do this but, but, <laughs> the why. so if you can convey the why then it, it makes it makes change management so much more effective when you can communicate the why because then people can go okay well the why resonates with me or no the why does not resonate with me so i better Guess I need to probably go find something else to do. Yep. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that if if you can't if you can't get behind the why, the vision, the purpose of where we're headed, then why would you want to be a part of it, right? Yeah, there is a fantastic Simon Sinek TED Talk: How Great Leaders Inspire Action, and it's yes. called "Start with Why." <laughs> so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because what's what Ron is saying right now, you can watch that eighteen minute TED talk and then just have a cup of coffee with Ron, and you can. Totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coffee is one of my favorite things in the world. So come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, so we got two books. I'm curious. I, I want to go back to you had authenticity, family, community. Uh, is is there any um, any books that you would recommend that kind of go towards that family, that community, uh, a little bit that you would you recommend to folks? Yeah, not necessarily that I, I would I'd specifically say around around family. I I think one of the things you, 
I think you have to define family, right? Mm-hmm. And so whatever, right. So whatever the definition of family is for, for you um, in your personal life and in your, in your work environment, um, in your church environment, whatever that definition of family is, I, I think you could find any kind of book, honestly, that, that could, could help sell that definition. Um, or to help that definition, you know, resonate more deeply with you. I don't, yeah. honestly, I don't have anything off the top of my head that, that I would say specifically about family. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of, we spend a lot of time with um, helping people understand their, their unique calling to understand how they can use their gifts to be a difference maker in the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and and again, so I didn't touch on this one, but kingdom minded is is one of our core values as well. Um, and we we believe that um, kingdom minded is not just about cross timbers. It's a, it's a truly about about the kingdom because we'll, we'll we partner with other churches, um, even other churches that are not. Um, um, we're a non denominational church, but that doesn't matter to us. The ultimate thing for us is. Are, are we all interested in, in getting people and doing what we can to getting people to understand and know Jesus to be a follower of Christ? Um, it, it doesn't matter what church you go to. It, it really is about the kingdom and to be a difference making, maker, to be a leader in the kingdom. So we have, we, we, we have this program at, at Cross Timbers and it's it, typically it's, it's bent towards our serve team, but it's, um, it's called Difference Maker University. Um, and, and anybody who, who gets on our serve team track ultimately can can be a part of, of Difference Maker University. We, we do a once a month service um, on Tuesday, the first Tuesday of every month, and it's it's called 10K Tuesday. But it's it's really targeted towards those who who have um, the the intent, the, the, the bend, if you will, towards being a difference maker in their communities and in the kingdom itself, regardless of where that may be, whether that's, again, at their school, at their, at their, um, their place of employment, um, at the park, wherever that is that, that God is leading them. Yeah, that's great. I think the understanding how your abilities then can impact the team is so important. Uh, we're all part of teams. You're part of a team at home. You're part of a team at work. You're part of a team at church. Uh, and I'm going to take a, a, a swipe at family community. To me, is really big and understanding how your role in a team member and your family at home, your family at church, your family at work. Uh, and Culture Code is a great book. So in Culture Code, they talk about uh, Bell Laboratories. So if 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 nobody's familiar with Bell Laboratories, that's uh, it was spun up in 1923. Uh, at that laboratory, there's 4,000 scientists. So they developed solar cells, lasers, communication satellites. All of these amazing technologies came from Bell Labs. A section of the book talks about like well, how they do it. <laughs> what was going on inside that building, and it. It's so funny because it was simple. They had their desks right next to each other. So there weren't separate offices. All the scientists sat together. And they grouped scientists kind of based off their personalities next to each other uh, to work with each other. And they actually correlated 
they, they found all the scientists that had the most patents and they, they figured out that the scientists that had the most patents sat around each other and talked about their strengths of themselves on a team and then how they can help each other. And they actually, in the book, talk about the distance between desks of all these scientists to the yards and feet and then could correlate the number of patents those scientists had. And it was just as simple as, okay, do you know your neighbor? Do you talk to them? And do you sit next to them? It's that simple. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> so that's where it's like the family, the community aspect of it, I think is so big and understanding how your role as a team member fits into that. So it's really cool to hear you say that. Now, transparency. I want to go back. You, you said transparency. And I, I want to... That's a core value on my team at Playlister is transparency. That's actually something we talk about a lot. Uh, you mentioned it as part of being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sharing before you're ready, maybe. And we kind of talked about that a little bit in our prior yeah. conversations is like, share before you're ready is maybe a good way that you can create some trust and be transparent. And then from that springs forth authenticity. And I, I wanted to hear if you have any um, thesis on how uh, like using transparency and authenticity helps like foster uh, creativity on your team and, and getting things done on your team. Well, I, I think it's, 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 it's core to relationship building. Um, it, it, it's core to, I think, being, being a follower of Christ. It's, 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 it's core to being part of a family. That if you're not willing to have that transparency um, with, with those that, and, and that you spend time with, regardless of whether that's family or whether that's, that's a coworker, regardless of the environment of which you work in, um, if, if, if you can't get to a place where you can be transparent, where you can be authentic with that individual, and as you said, it, it builds trust, that they can, they can see you. I'm willing to, to stand here and, and give you a, a glance into the nitty-gritty of who Ron is. And here's, here's where Ron's come from. Here's, here are the experiences of Ron's life. Um, and here's how I've used it for purpose, and here's how I've used it for not some good purpose. How it's, how it's affected me negatively because I've, I've chose to allow it to do that. It's, it's through those sort, those sort of conversations, those sort of transparent situations that builds, builds trust. And if you've got trust, then you've got a great place to build from. And when you, when you can build trust, I think those things, and we've seen them here, certainly those, those things start this storyboarding, if you will, if you go to a corporate kind of connotation, you begin the story building, storyboarding process. And in that creativity is sparked because then I say something that triggers something in you and it, and you begin to think of it in a different way or, Hey, this is, this, Hey, this is what I think about that. And then I build on that. And so that in of itself becomes this create creative environment that, that's built in a moment. Right. And it, it, it does. It all starts with a place where you can you can trust and that I'm not afraid um, to be authentic because I know it's not going to be used against me. It's going to be used for purpose. Yeah. Trust is so important. One of, I remember we did an exercise on the leadership team where 
uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, it's a great book. In the yeah. book, it recommends Meyer Briggs test. So you do a Myers Briggs test with everybody on the team. Uh, and then you share with each other. And by sharing in that type of atmosphere about your personality and one of the difficult things that you encountered in childhood, you kind of established this. It was like a lightning rod of trust just became readily apparent because it's like, I understand you, you understand me, and now I'm trusting you with maybe a story that was tough for me to share. Uh, it was really impactful. Ron, I'm, I'm wondering, and we can put a bow on this conversation as, as the final question, what book has had the biggest impact on you from a leadership perspective? And I know that's a hard one because if you ask me that question, I could not narrow it down to one book. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 anyway, I don't know that I can necessarily um, narrow it down to one book, but, but I would say um, just in the way we approach leadership here and, and the reading that we do, um, and, and actually it was in another book that, that I, I, I kind of was going to talk about a little bit today, but it's by Brene Brown. It's, it's Dare to Lead. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily specifically to that book, but for, for, for me personally, and which, is, which also then gets me to the place where I am on staff here too. But as a staff here, we certainly believe that, that leadership, I believe it in my core as well, is that leadership's about influence. I don't have to have it by title. I don't have to have it by position. I don't have to have it by authority. I don't have to have it based upon my responsibility or or the number of people that report to me or how big my organization is. It's about the influence that, that I have on those around me. And if um, I believe that I can be in a place where I can take my influence and my influence has potential value in, in the organization. It has potential value with, with those that I, I, I am in conversation with, I am in relationship with every day. And I, t- and I also take the influences of others in my life and the influence that obviously that I've allowed God to, to, um, to, um, to grow me through the influences of my life. So it's about influence. It's not about position. So that I would say out of everything, that's really, and again, no specific book, but that's, that's just a general theme for us here. So it's certainly a general theme in my life as I, I'm a husband, I'm a, I'm a father, and um, it's not about I'm the patriarch of the family. It's, it's what influence do I have that's positive and, and negative and recognizing the negative influences certainly that I can have on, on people. But it's really what are the influences of, of my life um, as I lead my life. Yeah. Well, helpful? <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, the, being vulnerable and how it can influence others. I just find the courage it takes to be vulnerable is contagious. Once somebody hears you be vulnerable and embrace that messy, sucky part of life, for a lack of better words. <laughs> yeah, those are great words, actually. It would be <laughs> it, it, it's contagious. God, there's this quote the Navy SEALs have where they've got, it's all over shirts. If you go to El Dorado, you train with Navy SEALs, it's on all the shirts. It says, attitude is contagious. And I always, I always say that's the number one thing. As a leader, you have to know that being vulnerable is, is part of having trust 
that type of mindset is contagious amongst the team. And then, man, special things can happen once you, you've got that going. So the, the final book recommendation that you have, the Brene Brown, it is, she's a New York Times bestselling author, Dare to Lead. Yep. That is a fantastic one written from a great perspective of, of a, an unbelievable author. She's PhD. I mean, that, that is a really, really great book. So it, we've, we've dropped a lot of books here because we're bookworms on this. Yeah, I'm a bit. But I would say, yes, that Dare to Lead, if you're going to pick up one tomorrow, man, be that one because it, it, it touches on so many things. And it sounds like it also touches on just being authentic, family, community, a lot of the core values at Cross Timbers Church. So Ron, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to having another conversation. And when we get when I get to Argyle, Texas, we're gonna have coffee and we're gonna do a little book club thing. That is definitely going to happen, my man. <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. Welcome right. I appreciate you having me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Ron. We'll talk to you. Thank you. All right. more ideas or to simply learn more about today's podcast, visit us online at www.playlister.app forward slash podcast.